1: Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weightloss. That's PlushCare.com slash weightloss. PlushCare.com slash weightloss. Hi, I'm Ross Kemp. Over the last 18 years, I've made some 90-odd documentaries predominantly in hostile environments, from Afghanistan to Syria, from El Salvador to the Congo. And it's fair to say that during that time, I found myself in a few interesting situations i've been shot at tear gassed had knives pulled on me and spears thrown at me but in all those years what's impressed me the most is the resilience of the human spirit our ability no matter where we're from to overcome and make it through to the other side so in my new series the kemp cast i'll be talking to some incredible individuals who all have engaging stories to tell and have themselves overcome some extremely tough moments in their lives. Right now, we're living in unprecedented times and we should be doing all we can together to get through this as safely as possible. I hope that if you subscribe to the Kempcast and hear how my guests overcame their toughest moments, it may help you overcome yours, whether you're going through one right now or you're faced with one in the future. Joining me today is Linda Calvey, nicknamed the Black Widow. She was the leader of an armed gang during the 1980s and has since served 18 years behind bars, making her one of Britain's longest-serving female prisoners. I really enjoyed spending time with Linda, and I hope you enjoy listening to her. Just tell me, what does a Red Rolls-Royce mean to you? A
2: Red Rolls-Royce... Um, When I was a little girl, I was about 10, and I grew up in the East End. My dad had an old van. He was a blacksmith, Mm. and I think there was hardly any cars around at that time. And I went out with my mum and dad one day. We went over to visit my aunt, and on the way back, we stopped at the lights, and this beautiful red car pulled up, and I looked, and I thought, it was the most magical sight I'd ever seen, this, this red Any car. Any idea what year this was? Um, I was 10. I was 10 or 11. So quite a long while ago. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> so I looked and I went, and there was a man, and he was smoking a cigar, so it must have stunk in that car. But at that time, I never… People smoked? No, but I didn't even think, oh, I bet that stinks in there. Mm. Did, but I looked, and he had this cigar, and there was a lady sitting next to him with a fur coat on, and I went, one day I'm going to have a red car like that, and I'm going to have a fur coat, and my dad said, well, I hope you do, darling, that's a roller, and I said, a roller, and he went, a Rolls-Royce, the best car in the world, if you can have one of them, then you'll be a rich lady, and that was that was that, when I decided one day I will have my Red Rolls Royce.
1: And you did actually eventually did. get one, didn't you? <laughs> I well, did. Via George?
2: I, I did via George, but prior to that, um, just before I got arrested, Brian took me to see a, a Red Rolls Royce, and um, it was up for sale privately, and he said... I'm going to buy you that. And I went, oh, my red Rolls Royce, because he knew the story. Oh but we all got arrested. So <laughs> I never got it.
1: <laughs> That's happened quite a few times to you. But let's go yes. back, let's go back to to the early days. So you grew up in, in, in the East End of London. As you said, y- y- your dad made hooks, docker's hooks, docker's hooks, right? Mm. Legit business. Your mum yeah. was a market trader, was it Roman yeah. Road, something yeah, like that? The, Road. So You couldn't get really more East End. No. Could you really I
2: a, a, You're born in Ilford? I was born in Ilford, but we moved to the East End when I was four.
0: Right.
2: So really I grew up in the I'm not a Cockney as as a true Cockney. Bow Bells, etc. Yeah, but, but I feel a Cockney because I've grew up there for the rest of my life, really. Mm.
1: But what I'm saying is you weren't born into criminality, were no, you? You weren't from a a no. family of faces, as they say. No.
2: I grew up with a normal mum and dad. Normal and a lot, family. And a lot of
1: other brothers and sisters. How many? Yes,
2: three brothers and five sisters.
1: So one and nine?
2: Yeah. I did. What was it like? It was great. It was really, really great. Um, there was four bedrooms. Obviously, my mum and dad had one. Um, my two brothers, the elder brothers, had a room. I had a bedroom with my second sister and all the rest were all in one room I think it was like a bit Victorian where there was all these <laughs> <laughs> beds top to tail but we loved it and my mum and dad were the people that if anyone said can they stay oh yeah make room find them a cover give them a pillar and there were so many people the waifs and strays knew they could come and stay in our house
1: and as you say you I've, re- you know, I've read your book and I loved it um, for lots of reasons Um Slightly worried me in places. <laughs> um, but y- 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 you really do describe another time in the East End. I mean, most of it was absolutely smashed during the Blitz. And, yeah. and most people who live there now live in one of really good trendy flats over in well, Hackney. Have, first... have no idea what that place like. No. My mum used to come into my bedroom when I was a kid and she says, this bedroom looks like a site." But that was what (laughs) bombsite meant, an area that was devastated by TNT that was dropped by the Luftwaffe during the Second World War, right?
2: When we moved into um, back into Stepney, we moved into a new masonette. It was a council estate, but it was a new estate. But everything around us was bombsites. It was rubble. It was all rubble, old houses that had been bombed. And all the kids, it was like, I'll go and play on the bombsite. And I mean, I think my grandchildren, when I've said it to them, have gone, a bombsite? Yeah. Didn't Nanny and Grandad want you to live? We went, no, but it was everybody played on a site, mm-hmm. And you they'd come home and find all these little bits and bobs and bring them home. And it was, I suppose there were dangerous places. There were lots but of we unexploded
1: all, ordnance around. Yeah, yeah,
2: but we all loved it mm. and everybody enjoyed it.
1: It was it was good. So so how did you first come into contact with a with a criminal underworld of the East End? Were you were you seduced by it? I mean it, it, everybody's look, historically people like yeah. Robin Hood for a certain reason, do you know. what I mean yeah. people have always liked Dick Turpin. Yeah. Historically we like a villains, yeah. you know. We yeah. like we like gangsters are, you know, dig, are you they know are Humphrey Bogart. they
2: actually are a different breed. And that is true. They I don't know what. There's something in the villain's mind that's different to other people and it is is it because
1: they break the rules because Maybe. they don't care because they don't give a, don't give a, a shit of, excuse my language a
2: lot of criminals are really intelligent oh and undoubtedly probably run the country better than the lot we got out I, there I
1: often say having spent some time in prisons all around the world that if you put the intelligence that is in those prisons yeah. that they use for deviant means if you put them to yes. legit means they'd be the richest people in the they country would.
2: They really, really would. And I think if Ron hadn't have been nutty, they'd have been very rich people mm. because Reg was very, very clever. Mm. But Ron was used to kill heel. You're talking about Ron and Reggie Crane yeah. now.
1: Let's go back t- t- to you, though. Right. So you've got a boy... I know because I read the book, but you've got a boyfriend... He's keep he's not taking you out locally, he's driving you off to the outskirts of Essex, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. for a dr- and you didn't see the fact that he might possibly No, I mean be I met
2: him when I was sixteen and I was really naive. We're all I mean, green at
1: 16, ten, aren't you? Well, you just said people to me, might may not be these days, but I was green. I still. was
2: re- I mean, that was in the days when hardly anybody had cars. And
1: so going with a car was a big thing, right? It was a
2: big thing. But um and I met him in Victoria Park.
1: Yeah, Vicky Park.
2: And I went out with him for three years. And my mum used to say, there's something not right with him. Why haven't you ever been around his house? I said, well, he, he don't get on with his dad and he don't this and he don't that. And my dad went, no, my
1: "Yeah, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and then one day she was at... She my my mother, mum had sh- a
2: little boutique sh- 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 and people used to come in and pick clothes out. They might be, say, £6 for a dress. And she, people go, oh, Can I leave a pound? And I'll pick it up like next week or the week after. And she's, this lady came in with a pram with a baby and she's picked a dress and she went, Oh, can I leave a pound? And I'll come in. And, yeah, of course you can. What's your name? And she said her name. And my mum went, Oh, same name as him, but never thought anything, wondering if it's a relative. And then this other lady walked in the shop and she started talking about him. And said, oh, how's he doing? And he was a coalman and he was, uh, he, he had a scrapyard. Mm. So when they're talking about things, my mum thought, that's, that's Linda's boyfriend, Is her husband. So she's got the address. And, and that's really it Yeah, so when my dad's come in, my mum went, we're going somewhere when you get in. So I said, uh, when your dad gets in, I went, are we? Yes. So, when my dad came in, she went, Right, where's this? Do you know where this is? And my dad went, Yeah. She went, Right, we're going round there. So, we've got out and walked up. i thinking, What's she doing? And knock, knock, knock on the door. And this woman answered the door. And my mum's got this dress. And she went, You can keep this. She went, Is your husband there? Because he's been going out with my daughter. Well, I've gone. Uh, <laughs> My dad went. Oh God! <laughs> so, so your
1: mum hadn't told your dad either. No.
2: Everybody kept telling me there was something not right. Anyway, when it came, he was
1: quite a bully, wasn't he? As well. Yeah. That had that something yeah. that was going to come um, back and haunt you later on in Yeah, when your life, she shouted like up
2: the stairs, "There's a woman here," says so you're going out with her daughter. He come down. He went, "I'm off." Walked out the door (laughs) And
0: disappeared
2: And my mum went Right I'm sorry I've told you that Come on let's go And I think my dad just wanted to be somewhere else He felt so embarrassed But he certainly
1: certainly got told off After that didn't he Because you met the biggest love of your life
2: Yes Mickey
1: Tell me how you met him
2: I met him um, As we were saying about what criminals did I know The So no, personally, the only criminal I'd actually met was my cousin Patsy's uh, then, well, she'd just got married husband. Mm. And he was lovely, really great guy. But he used to, um, he was a creeper.
1: A creeper? What is a creeper?
2: (laughs) Who goes in hotels and places and opens safes and does things like that. And... I used to work at the time, there was a paint factory that was facing the blind beggars. Mm. It's not there now. Very it's famous pub, out. yeah. And came out of work and I'd had a big row with Terry, didn't want to see him anymore. I said to him, You're married, don't want to know, blah, blah, blah. And I banged into them. And Patsy said, Oh, you look miserable. So I said, Yeah, I've finished with Terry. He went, Hallelujah, best news we've ever heard. He went, right, you're coming to a party Saturday night. So I said, am I? He went, yes. My pal's just come out of the big house. He went, he's done eight years. He said, we've all got girlfriends or wives. He's on his own, so you can come and make the numbers. Did out.
1: that worry you that he just done eight years?
2: It didn't even, to, to be quite honest, it sort of just went over my head. I went, all right, yeah, okay. And he said, will you come? I said, yeah. But then I thought about it. And for some reason, and I don't know why, because George was a very, really handsome guy. I went, oh, I don't think I'm going to go. I bet he's ugly. I just... Criminals and the ugly, just as, because in films and that, you always see in the old days, all the criminals was like the ugly people. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and, the, and the other side was all the good looking side. And I think I sort of just imagined.
1: But George wasn't like that. And you didn't know what Mickey looked like at all, did you?
2: No. But I just had this vision in my head that this there was going to be this real ugly guy there.
0: No.
2: And I started getting ready. And I went, you know what, mum, I'm not going to go. So she went, oh, don't come and watch the telly. So I've got all my hair done and my false eyelashes on. And the and famous
1: mascara, the char- yeah, charcoal. All done yeah,
2: done up. And, but i just not put my dress on. So I was all ready, but I've got a dressing gown. And my mum said, oh, come and watch the telly with me. And the phone rang and Pat went, where are you? So I said, oh, I'm not going to come. So she went, please come. She went, because George feels really embarrassed that yeah. he said you're coming and you've not turned up. So I went, oh, I don't really want to go. And she said, well, you are coming. She went, because there's a cab on its way. it the be outside your door. In a well,
1: And because Mickey's there on his own. Yes. Feeling so a bit when,
2: like I a I, when I've got there, yeah, I've walked in. And I thought, who is that talking to George? He looks nice. Didn't click it was him. And then George looked and gone, went like this. And walked over and he went, Mickey, Linda, Linda, Mickey. And he walked away. And I went, oh, you're nice. And he went, so are you. I said, I wasn't going to come. I said, because I just imagined you was going to be this really ugly geezer. And he went, well, I thought, what 19-year-old girl's on her own on a Saturday night? She must be a right old dog. <laughs> so that was our first conversation.
1: Now, did you know at this point that he was going to be the love of your life?
2: Well, by the end of the night, he absolutely fascinated me because he was so charismatic. He was so different to anyone I'd ever met. Describe him to me. He was so flamboyant. And he always had a silk hanky here and another silk hanky that he used to have hanging out of his... Sleeve <laughs> now I wouldn't He's say it sure. to his face because
1: he probably knocked me out very quickly. But but that sounds quite camp when you describe it. My dad used it.
2: to go Lord Fuggroy. L- really,
1: Lord Fauntleroy? <laughs> yeah. But he used to go. Did he not go and buy his own materials? He'd go and check yes. out his own materials yes. and then have the suits made. Yeah.
2: But he was he was really charismatic.
1: Did you fall in love with him? I did. And he fell in love with you. Yes.
2: We and did. At, on
1: what point did you work out that he was an armed robber?
2: Well, I knew, because he said, I said to him.
1: He <laughs> just slipped that in the first opening <laughs> no, line. I said, he... you've
2: just come out of prison. He said, yeah. He said, i just done an eight stretch. So I said, what for? So he said, oh, robbery, Marks and Spencer's security van, Stratford. He went, so if you want to go out with me, don't buy nothing from Marks and Spencer." <laughs> 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 and I never, ever did. <laughs> <laughs>
1: They'll be ringing and complaining I the But that's a big leap, isn't it? Because you've not really, apart from George, he's the only criminal that you yes. know. Now all of a sudden you've fallen in love with an armed robber mm. who that's what he does. In those days, that's what people did. Yeah.
2: Yeah, they did. That was his job.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> did you think at that point it might end up being your job?
2: No, not in a million years. But it did, though. It did,
1: and and you know we were. I mean, if you read the book, you think that there was an armed robbery in London every other week. Now we know that's not true, and that's the way books have to be written to get people interested in them. And but how many? How many do you reckon when you were with Mickey? Mm. How many armed robberies do you think he was? But he did. Yeah. Um,
2: over the length of time I was with him, I suppose he probably did about twenty. That's a lot. But it wasn't, I mean, every week. But the funny thing was there was a, there was a, quite a few little gangs of armed robbers and they all knew each other. And they'd even say, like, I'm, I'm having a look at so-and-so. And Mickey and might go, well, we was looking at that, but go on, you have that one. It was weird. It's so... D- People can't imagine what it was like. But it,
1: it, it was. That's why I think it's looked back in sort of through rose-tinted glasses, naturally, because yeah. they were dangerous. I mean, look—you're going up and you're pointing an armed gun yeah. at, a, at a person, a yeah. human being. Yeah. Did you ever think about that? Did did it? I, I mean, no,
2: I didn't. When I when he used to go and do it, and in fact, on the day that he died, the night before, um he was sitting at the kitchen table, and he was emptying all the cartridges yeah. and tipping all the pellets out and putting cotton wool in and then just sealing them back up.
1: Yeah, You're taking um, out and making them non-lethal.
2: Yeah, so there was nothing in them other Apart than a bit the of fluff. Yeah. yeah So I said, what are you doing that for? He said, well, it's December. It's the supermarket. It's the security van at the supermarket. There's women and children. There's no way... I would have live ammunition. He says. so if it comes to it that I'm challenged, I can go bang, and you'll get the noise and the effects.
1: But, but no, no one's going to get killed. That's it. Nobody well, can
2: get hurt.
1: If they are, it's not going to be as, half as bad as getting lead pellets in them, No, right? it's
2: just a bit, a bit But of d- that's a
1: genuine, that is ge- absolutely 100% gen. Yes,
2: yeah. And that is how I knew when he died, and they said, oh, he faced... He faced the the copper and said, it's me or you. Mm. He was as intelligent as anybody. And nobody would face somebody with a loaded gun when they've got nothing in theirs and go, it's me or you. So he
1: was shot dead by a member of the Sweeney. Yes. a a, a DS Banks, was he a DS at the time? Yeah, Michael Banks. Yeah. How do you feel about that to this day?
2: Well, I think it's terrible. I know Mickey was doing what he was doing. And had he have been arrested and got 15 years, I'd go, that's fair. Mm. He was doing a robbery, he got caught, and that's, that was the consequence. But he was shot through the back as he was running away.
1: Was that ever proved? The body went missing, didn't it? The body went missing. But it are very different times t- to now. It was very
2: different times. And the thing was... Obviously, by the fact of where it was, it was outside. It was in South, a, London. Was in was South, South London, and it was there was a supermarket, so it was really busy. Mm. So there was hundreds of witnesses. Yeah. So most of the witnesses thought Di Banks was a crook because he actually was on his own. But there was a story put around afterwards that it was an undercover mission, and there were more police there, but there wasn't. It was him, and he just shot Mickey through the back.
1: But was it ever proved?
2: Oh, it was proved that he was shot through the
1: back. All yeah.
2: Right.
1: And what was the grounds for shooting someone in the back?
2: Well, he said he was facing him when he fired.
1: But and he turned around very quickly.
2: Well, he must have been Superman. Had it have been a case of it he had was a loaded gun I, and he was turned around facing, and he had a loaded gun, and there was there were shots being fired, and they went, your husband got shot, I'd have to go, I accept that. Mm. But I know the night before, he he went out and emptied his gun. So I wasn't going to accept what I was told the next day. And that was the beginning of my feud with the police. Is it over now? Yes. It has to be, otherwise it eats you up.
1: But this was now, this... Mickey's death, potentially, and he was, as I say, I will go on about it, because you talk about him consist- continuously mm. and consistently through the book about your, he was... I mean, also,
2: love. I have to say as well, he was locked out of the car.
1: No, no, we were going to get there. Oh, tell yeah. me about it, tell me about it now, but because, mm. because as soon as he's virtually in the ground, somebody else materialises. You've already bumped into him, yes. and you're wary of him, and he is an alpha yeah. criminal. Yes. I'm, not having, I'm not saying yeah. that Mickey yeah. was a B no. or a C. I mean, but this he was, guy was yeah. top end.
2: Yeah, he was, and, and, and he was the complete opposite of Mickey, the total opposite. Where Mickey, well, was, Mickey comes
1: over, despite what he did for a living, as being a lovable rogue.
2: Everybody loved
1: Mickey, right? Everybody,
2: all the publicans, all the all the ordinary people in the pubs used to love him, mm. and he always used to say, "Oh God, could you imagine going out and nobody remembered you was there?" He <laughs> used to go out, and when we walked well, in, well, both
1: him and and Ron Cook or Ronald Cook, yeah, would both be remembered in a pub, but for two very different yeah. reasons. Yeah, were you scared of him when you first met? Him?
2: No, I wasn't at first. I wasn't because he was he wanted me, so he was playing one character. Yeah, he do was, you think
1: he? Do you think he did have split personality?
2: I think he did. I mean, he was—he really was this utter sweet gentleman.
1: He kept low profile as well, unlike really many of the un- chaps. He yes. didn't want to wear. A-
2: he drove an ordinary car. Mm. He didn't wear flash jewellery. Um, he wore very very conservative clothes. Mm. He, he was the complete opposite of what most of, both the the gangsters. So. Well, for want of a better but word. But he was
1: a hardened killer. But he, he was, was... a killer.
2: He was really... I mean, all the ones that you'd look at and go, oh, he's tough, he's tough. They were all terrified of Ron. All terrified of Ron.
1: Because... Because
2: they said, you can't round with Ron. He kills you. You can't just have a round go.
1: Handshakes and goodbye. Yeah. No.
2: It was... Yeah.
1: It would be your end. Yes. I mean, you, you tell in the book that he'd one day he just stopped someone in the street. Said, "Go and have a look. I left my jacket yeah, in the back it of the was, car."
2: It was another criminal, actually. Cool. And um, I really, think this sums up
1: Ron for me. Yeah,
2: he was. Um, I won't say his name, obviously, but he was sitting outside having a drink. It was a sunny day, Saturday afternoon, having a couple of drinks with a few friends, and he said, "He told me this himself." And he said, Ron pulled up and went to him. What are you doing? He went, i having a drink with my friends. So he went, oh, I want to go somewhere. Do you want to come with me? He went, well, not really, Ron. I'm having a drink with my mates. But difficult
1: to turn Ron Cook down, though, isn't but it?
2: But he went, but I'm asking you, I've got something to do. Will you come with me? And he went, well, not really. He said, Ron, like, I'm, I'm OK, here. So he went, OK, then. He said, do us a favour. He said, can you go and get my jacket out, my, out the boat for me and pass it through? Well, he said, how thick I? It's a sunny, hot day. Why does he want me to pass his
1: jacket out the boat? I said that. It's Ron Cook asking you, isn't
2: it? Yeah. So he said, he went, yeah, okay, Ron. He said, I was out in the boat. There was a bo- dead body in the boat. He said, I shut it. And he went, get in.
1: <laughs> Off to bury a body.
2: Yeah. He said, I had to get in. He said, because if I didn't, I'd have been the next one in the boat. And that was Ron. I mean, Ron, another time, had a body in the boot when I was with him, and I never knew.
1: And
2: he and, bought. And you,
1: and you ended up living with this man?
2: Yeah. But was, co- it ever, you, you was it ever not, based? You couldn't get away from him. That was no, the thing.
1: No, when you went on holiday, he turned up in the in the like, two rooms down, didn't he? Yeah. Or something like that. You got away yeah. with the kids and your family, yeah. and someone goes. I was away
2: with my that mom looks and like dad. Ron up there.
1: No, that is Ron up there. Yeah. And he's two rooms away.
2: Yeah.
1: I were went, you were you not you getting? That's like ding dongs in your ear going.
0: And
2: I went, "What are you doing?" He went, "Oh, he said I didn't realise this was where you was." He said, "I booked this up ages ago," and it was like again.
1: Right. Ron, Ron was married, wasn't he? Not. Hmm. So he had a wife and a life. He was one of the most feared criminals in the in in the East End, mm-hmm. but he was also obsessed with you. Obsessed. Yeah. I mean, yeah. let's be clear. Yeah.
2: Because he said to me, it was my fault Mickey died. Because the very first time he saw me, he knocked on the door on the Saturday night. And he was standing on the step, because he was a keep fit fanatic. Mm. He had a black tracksuit on and he was jogging on the spot. And I've opened the door. And he went, is Mickey in? So I said, hang on, who is he? He said, oh, it's Ron. So I shouted out, Mickey, it's Ron. He went, I'm in the shower, tell him I'll get out. He went. To tell him, don't worry. I'll come back tomorrow. And he said to me, "I fell in love with you when you opened your door. So it's your fault that he's dead."
1: Now you can you can tell us what he told you. So you're with Ron Cook now. Mm. You've got a house. He's there. He's not there. Mm. He gets drunk one night. Yeah. What happens?
2: And he tells me that he was intending to kill Mickey because. To him going out with an associate's wife wasn't, you couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. So he had to get rid of Mickey. And he said, I'd decided I was going to kill him. And the opportunity came up the day of the robbery and I locked him out of the car.
1: So there they are. They've done the robbery. They're all racing back to the vehicle. And as Mickey gets to the door, locked. And and there was was
2: witnesses said that in the call. Had you got in that
1: vehicle. Uh, Dees Banks probably wouldn't have been. No, able that's
2: right. So he was locked. So out. he told
1: you. So you found out at this point yeah. that the man that you're now living with, having a relationship, was responsible ultimately for the death of your true love. Yeah. And he's putting it on you. Yeah. How would you feel?
2: I oh was God. absolutely horrified.
1: Did you not like get? I, on, could you not get away from him?
2: I couldn't. I couldn't get away from him
1: because of the fear that he wielded.
2: He said to me, you can never leave me. You've got too many family.
1: So, yeah, to tell me about, so you've got kids.
2: I mean, he knocked at my mother's once. Um, and my mum was babysitting, and luckily my dad wasn't in, or my brothers, but my mum was babysitting. And she heard bang, bang, bang on the door. And he, she's opened the door, and she said, that lunatic was standing, there were two guns. One in each hand. She said and I went, What do you want? I mean, mum mum bless her.
1: Proper old Eastern mum. Yeah,
2: what do you want? I want Peter Spelling, which was my brother in law. Yeah. Now this was an argument over a whip in the pub. Fifteen quid. Fifteen quid. He'd picked the wrong whip up when they were going to another pub. So he decided that was an insult to him.
1: Do you not think that this might have a detrimental relationship with his so called in laws? In exactly, but he didn't so think he didn't think like that, did he? No, he saw he didn't. that as a front and that was knocking away, yeah. chipping away. He yeah. also said that you, you know, did he not say something about you are my front window or you are my you are my shop window? Shop window,
2: yeah.
1: And that's so he why he, to, I mean he he would
2: buy me anything and everything. everything, and he
1: had the money to do so, yeah. right? Yeah, and that was and that was sort of his way of controlling you as well, wasn't it?
2: Well, he said to me, I said to him, "Why do you keep buying me everything? You are my shop window." He said, I don't get dressed up. You do.
1: How did you feel when he got arrested?
2: Well, first of all, I thought, oh, thank God for that. But he was on remand for a year. For an armed robbery? Was it an armed robbery? Yeah, Brinks, uh, Brinks-Matt robbery. Brinks-Matt, what, one of the biggest in British history, right? So he was on remand. So when I was visiting, he said to me, it's all sorted. He said, I'm only going to do, he said, I'm going to be in here for a year. He said, but don't worry. He said, because paying the jury, I'm going to get a not guilty. So I went, all right. So, so how did you feel that moment? You went, uh,
1: oh, that's went, brilliant oh, news. Lovely. I'm so happy about that, Ron. <laughs>
2: so he said, yeah, for me, for Kevin, he said, and for Scats. I am going to do it for the three of us. Well, then Scats said, oh, don't worry. I'm already doing it. So he's paying the jury off. But you're on it, on Marthin Ron, for paying the jury off. Anyway, when it came to it, there was a photograph of Ron, so he couldn't. They couldn't come back with a not guilty on him.
1: There was he was pictured.
2: Yeah, so you can't then come back and go not guilty. No, I
1: paid the jury ten k each, but there's a picture of me doing a robbery.
2: Yeah, so yeah. obviously he, he got, got guilty. And
1: how many did he get? How many years? He got sixteen years. Sixteen years. Yeah. Are you, were you in the, uh, in the court? Was it? No, I, no,
2: no. Didn't go. I wasn't there that day. But when I went and saw him, he said, of course, you will be waiting for me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then did you, what so did you say? You said, yes, of course I, I will when, be.
2: Yeah. He said, cause you've got a lovely looking boy.
1: <sighs> he threatened Neil. Yeah, he threatened, threatened Neil, Neil, your son. Yeah. Basically. He with said, death. cause you've got a lovely looking boy. Was it death? Boy? Yeah. Was it yeah. killed So if yeah. you weren't waiting for him in 16 yes. years time. He was yeah. going to have Neil killed. Yeah. How could he expect you ever to love him? Or was that not important to him? Do you think he didn't? Oh, no, he, he was. He it wasn't about love. I'd,
2: no, he believed that I did love him. He said.
1: Wait, he, so he could say that I'll kill your son that, yeah. if you're not waiting for me, but he still believed. Was he deluded? Or do you think he was seriously mentally ill? I
2: think he was mentally ill because he would do things.
1: Oh well, yeah. Well, not put, to me. He drove me, around but I mean, with lots of dead bodies in the back of his car. I mean, he'd do I mean, things.
2: He, he'd have murders with somebody. And then he'd look and go, I've let you off now. And then he'd go, uh, blah, 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 blah. And he'd talk to him. and they'd sort of go.
1: So people you, like people never knew where they stood with him? No. Yeah, people on the edge was, all the time. Because he, he was on the edge all the time.
2: He was, I think, is it schizophrenic mm. or, or what? Well, yeah. I don't know. But he totally had two totally different personalities.
1: But anyway, he gets put in prison. Yes. And for the Brinks, Matt, and he does. He gets 16 years. But he sends his best friend.
2: Who, at the time, I never liked. Called Brian? Who never liked me. Brian?
1: Brian. Brian Round. So Yeah. and, and, And Brian's kind of, in the classic movie sense, is basically he's... The boss's best mate, and yeah. he mustn't go anywhere near. This is Pulp well, Fiction. This not, is every other movie that you've ever seen. He's got to put himself as far away. He can't even look you in the eyes.
2: He said, Oh, my pal's just come home, just finished at 15, which was Brian. He said, I'd like to introduce <laughs> you. So he He's it. done a
1: 15. I didn't know he did 15 years before yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. How old was he? Brian. O'Brien. Um, at the time? At the time?
2: At the time, I think he was. About four early forties. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So he'd got a fifteen, but he'd done I think ten, and he said, "Right, you are going to look after her for me till I come home." He went, "Why well, me?" Well, he
1: certainly did do that, didn't he? Yeah, he
0: certainly. Did.
1: <laughs> God, my well, God. So, 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 so. <laughs> how did, the, how did the? He must have known, it, and you must have known that. If Ron had found out about any relationship between you and Brian, mm. that he would have killed you both. Would he not? Well, Brian
2: ki- Brian was the one person who wasn't frightened of him. And Brian said to me, don't worry, I'll deal with him. Really? I'll deal with him when it comes to it. But then Brian ended up getting 21 years.
1: Yeah. But, but let's, let's get there. In between that time, you become an armed robber. Yes. Yeah, yeah, how did you, sorry, just out of interest, that's one thing I don't often say to many nice <laughs> ladies like me. In the meantime, you become an armed robber.
2: Yes, I did.
1: So you start moving with Brian, your kids like Brian, yeah, yeah. your daughter and your son, yeah. they like him, oh, he was, your family he, he like was a, him.
2: Everybody liked Brian, apart so from the int- fact he wasn't flamboyant. But he, he was also, he was, bear in
1: mind, he was also married as well. Yes. Yeah, so he, had, he lived two lives. That seemed to be a common recurring theme uh going through through bits of your life uh, in the, um so but people like him he couldn't mm. be more opposite than his best mate Ron, mm-hmm. who's now doing a very long stretch, mm-hmm. but he's a blagger. yeah, and you're used to being sitting over Mickey's shoulder, making the ham sandwiches yeah. and the tea and yeah. going, well, you've got to have – talk about the ways out. Tell us how you do it. Right. Not to, as much detail as you want it. Right.
2: I mean, when I very first – when Mickey used to do it, he used to get the maps out and they'd go, right, they'd look at places and then they'd go, right, we're thinking of that. Right, what's the outs? Because he always said, you've got to do a robbery thinking you're going to get caught. Don't do it thinking you're not going to get caught Mm. because that way you've only got one out. But if you think I might get caught, you'll find three, four different ways Mm. that you can go. Well, if I can't go that way, I can go that way or I can go through that way or I can put a motorbike down here or I can do Mm. whatever. But it was more elaborate
1: than that. I mean, yeah, it was. You you, you used to wear wigs. Your your mum had a store. I mean,
2: we had, um, we had Temporary bus stops, we had Well you had we stop had signs, signs. yeah, tents, had didn't did you? you had the
1: old uh, BT tents.
2: Yeah. We had everything. Yeah.
1: I mean people go when you're thinking about it now, you couldn't make that up, could nah. you? It's movie stuff, isn't it? Yeah. I mean and did it feel like that? Did it feel surreal? Did it feel like it wasn't really happening? Did it feel like it 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 was a movie? You were young, you're impressionable. You know, you're wearing fur coats, you're dripping in gems. You've got car keys given to you. um, You've got these charismatic, frightening, truly scary human Mm. beings, but at the same time, they're putting the fear of God into people every time they go to work because they're pulling out loaded weapons that could kill or maim. Yeah. Did you think about it?
2: Well, I think. And I know this sounds utterly ridiculous, saying it, but this actually is is real. When, when I got told Mickey was dead, mm. I could hear somebody screaming and screaming and screaming and somebody was going, slap her around the face, she's hysterical. And I was thinking, yeah, slap her around the face, she's hysterical. I didn't realise it was me. Mm. And I think the shock of hearing Mickey was dead was the last thing in the world I ever expected to hear, followed closely by, Lynn, we've got to go and identify the body. Because his brother couldn't do it, I had to do it, mm. I was his wife. So, f- from that initial shock, about two hours later, we're there to identify the body. Mm. And there's this man with a clipboard going, um, really sorry, blah, blah, blah. And it, it was sort of just going in one ear and out the other and it was only when he went he had no choice your husband faced him and said it's me or him.
1: And you knew that was
2: And I know. And then I went, You've murdered him. And he went and I just threw the ball on the floor and said, You murdered him. You murdered my husband. You shot him through the back. No, no, no. I said, You've shot him through the back. He went, Well if you don't sign this paper you can't take your husband and his brother went. Lynn, signed the paper. I want my brother, and I said, "No, I won't sign it." And it was only when we went outside and I said to him what had happened, mm. and he went to me, "I'm glad you didn't make you didn't sign it."
1: But that happened to the love of your life, right? Yes.
2: But, but I believe. But but, but,
1: but but then you end up becoming an armed robber yourself. Yes, but I. So you knew that the risk, and when you went out, you put on two coats yeah. to make sure that you look like a bloke. Yes. So to all intents and purposes, so, to an armed police officer yeah. coming in there, if I you were holding Did you You held yeah. a loaded weapon, yeah. right? Yeah. How many times did you do armed <laughs> <laughs> <Few>.
2: <laughs> But what Was it addictive? What was
1: the rush like?
2: Oh, God. It was like walking on air. It was like, it was a, such a buzz. It was like, oh, wow, I can see why they all come back going...
1: Empty the money.
2: Yeah, took the, the money out.
1: It was some real. And, and, and even then, so but, you knew you love of your life had been shot doing one of those robberies.
2: But if I can just go back, yeah, go, on. Yeah, go. As I say, I think something happened. And in, in my you. brain, and I know it sounds a- absolutely ridiculous that I think those two incidents within those few hours, so, from he's dead. And I hear that, and I know that's not right. Mm. My brain, I think, went, I don't know, something in my brain changed. And it wasn't until I was actually arrested myself and the gun was held at me that all of a sudden, like it went like that when Mickey died, it this went like that. And I thought, oh my God, this is terrible.
1: Mm. So you think there was a bit element of anger, the element of anger inside you as well, because of the resentment that you felt for the way that Mickey had had, had died, that that also turned you into that sort of person.
2: Because I remember when he was in his coffin, and I held his feet, and I said to him, "I won't let you die in vain. I will do what for our children, what you died doing. I'll carry on, and I'll do it." Which is such an alien thing for me to have said. But it seemed the most normal thing in the world to say. And you're saying that that, that switch,
1: that switch that turned on,
2: and it after never Mickey's switched head, off until, until
1: you had on police pointing a gun at your head.
2: Yeah, which was a really traumatic thing as well. And yep. I think, what happened? How, how have I done what I've done? Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom.
1: You, you have become virtually the alpha of a bunch of armed robbers. I ended
2: up being the boss. Yeah. Right.
1: Organising. <laughs> yeah. Um, making sure everybody got home safely. Divvying up the cash. Yeah. And then it all goes wrong. Yes. On one of them, it all goes wrong. You, your bro- you went to your brothers, is that right? Yes, my younger brothers. With, was Brian with you?
2: Brian had gone down and Carl... It was a robbery that just the two of them were going down to. Right. I'd been down already yeah. and came back and said you can go.
1: And all of a sudden and they went and that was it. Doors are bashed in. Yeah, and there's a gun. Yeah, aimed at your head. Yeah, armed police.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So you realise at that point. But yeah. how how had the police found out about the armed robbery?
2: They had been watching because Brian's wife had set had got a private detective following him. To see, to see who he was being he was unfaithful or with, not. yeah. And he said, Well, I don't know about that, but I've watched him do a robbery and I've informed <laughs> the police. And that is it. And the police went, You were so good, we'd have never have caught you. You were too good. Really? So I thought that at least that was
1: something. But, but now you're looking at a custodial sentence, yes. right? Yes. Yeah. So Is that I, is that a big I mean, So you were saying that switch got changed when the gun was, yeah, it was did. put in your head, right? Yeah,
2: it clicked instantaneously and I thought, Oh my god,
1: this is so terrible. So so the high life, the fun, yeah, the ride. And the, the worst buzz, thing of all, all those things. on that
2: day, my brother who was totally innocent and didn't even know what was going on, was in bed. He was arrested yeah. and he got nine years.
1: Nine years. For, a, for he wasn't. So he, he nothing. Wasn't he didn't
2: know. No.
1: How did he get nine years? Well, they
2: took him in, and they said he. They decided he was the banker.
1: So he was holding the money.
2: Yeah, but he must have been the banker because they. And we said, why would we need a banker? Our money was all. It, we it was didn't. We up. didn't. We didn't steal sh- um, new money. We only stole old money. You don't have to change old money up. Mm-hmm. You change new money up. That's in serials, Mm. serial numbered. Mm. But they said no, the police decided. So your brother did nine years? He got nine years. And he was totally innocent. And and yet the first letter I got when I went away was from him.
1: So what sentence did you get that
2: time? Seven years.
1: Did you serve seven? I did four. Long time to be away from your kids though, right? Yeah.
2: And I said I will never ever do anything ever again to be away
1: from my kids. Mm. So, at this time, how long did Brian get?
2: 21 years.
1: 21 years. Yeah.
2: What happened when they got, I mean, Carl and Brian were fantastic. And Brian said, look, don't charge her. Let her go. And we will hold Remember our hands. Remember gentlemen in them days, I guess. And we we'll hold our hands up to robberies. That we've done we'll clear your books we'll make it good for you
1: we'll take on responsibility so they said
2: okay we'll let her have bail
1: that was unheard of probably un- yeah a, a when we
2: went in and the magistrate said obviously there's no bail applications and they said yes mr welford my brother and mrs calvia both asking for bail And the magistrate said, I'm sure there's going to be strenuous objections from the flying squad. And they went, no, not at all. They can have bail, minimum money. And we got bail. Right till the actual trial. Mm -hmm. And Brian pleaded guilty to 21 armed robberies. And Carl pleaded guilty to 15 to help me.
1: To help you. And and picking up from that, so... You, you go to prison, so you don't get to see your kids very often. No. Yep. Yeah. So you've got that playing on your mind. Mm-hmm. You go to Holloway, was it for the first time?
2: Oh, this, you're talking about the first time. The first time, first time you first went time, to first prison. Time, yeah. time talking, went I to went prison. to
1: Holloway. Yeah. By this time, that switch that has now clicked off. Yes. Y- what are you saying to yourself? If I get out of here, I'm never ever
2: going to do anything again. In fact, on the year that I was on remand,
0: mm.
2: uh, not on bail, rather. Mm. Um, I started a curtain business up with my sister. Mm. And we were doing quite well. And I said, you know what, I'm quite enjoying being an honest person. Mm. And as I say, we were really, really doing good. We called it Material Matters. Mm. And I was getting loads and loads of work coming in. I thought, this is great. This will be my
1: path. But then you hear that Ron is getting out. Is that right? Ron's coming back. Mm, yes. Ron's coming back into your life. Yeah, and you've also now met Danny. Is that right? Have you met Danny at Danny,
2: this point? Danny, I I never knew Danny out of prison. I knew Danny. I know it sounds strange. Right, go on. Danny was on remand with Brian. Brian, and that is how I met Danny. But I went and visited Danny, and while he was actually away, his son got killed in a road accident. And he ended up in a grave about four graves away from Mickey. Isn't that? Which is so weird. And then I visited him one day, and he said, I've got home leave this weekend. So I said, oh, great, what are you doing? So he said, first thing, I'm going to the cemetery. Well, when he said that, I went, well, who's picking you up? And he said, nobody, I'm a big boy, I can go on the train. And I thought, you can't go on the train to go and find your son's grave. So I said to him, look, I'll pick you up, I'll take you. It's not a problem to me. So I did that. I picked him up, took him in the cemetery. Obviously, he was absolutely devastated. He just sobbed and fell down by the grave. And afterwards, whereas I was going to drop him straight to his mum's in Stratford... I said to him, look, do you want to come back to my house and refresh yourself? He went, yeah, I wouldn't mind. Took him back at the time my son was sitting. He said, oh, I've just got full metal jacket off of the video man. You know, they come around the house.
1: Mm, in those days they did, yeah. Yeah,
2: so then he went, I didn't think that was out yet. He went, it's not, it's a bootleg. <laughs> <laughs> so he went, come on, what not mind watching that? So I said, well, watch it with him and I'll cook you something to eat. So that is why he was in my house that day. And that's why his fingerprints were there. That's why his fingerprints ring was rings. there. Yeah. So he watched the film, he had something to eat, and I took him to Stratford, his mum's. Yeah. And I said to him, I can't take you back Monday, I'm picking Ron up. So he said, No, that's fine. He said, I'm going back. He said I can go on the train. You've done me such a favour picking me up. So he said, Oh, what do you do with Ron? I said, Well, bring him back home, that's what he does. And have something to eat, whatever, he went, okay, anyway, thank you, the next time I saw Danny, Danny was when I walked in my kitchen with Ron and my street door was kicked open, he come in, he was, he had a hat pulled down and a jumper pulled up to here, so I just saw eyes, a big bloke, and he'd he done an Irish accent and went, Get down on police in an, And I still didn't know it was Danny
1: So he's got get down on oh, police please. In an Irish accent
2: Yeah So I've looked like that And Ron's gone all oh, calm What's up mate like that. It was like so surreal And with that He fired at him And I thought he'd shot him in the chest Because the jacket was filling up with blood but he'd been shot in the arm, but where his arm went down, it was, it was
1: leaking, into leaking jacket.
2: across. And I just started screaming and bent down in the corner. And as I've looked around again, he's reached and pulled the, the roll not, roll top jumper down, Damn, yeah. looked at me, smiled and went, You'll be alright and then went bang. And killed him. And killed him. And that's when I saw it was Danny. And I look I was and I looked and he went, You'll be alright and he ran out.
1: You'll be alright? Yeah. No kids in the house, no 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 one else. Well, knows. I didn't
2: know if my son was there. Because the next door neighbour said I heard Linda scream, Oh no Neil. Yeah. And she said, I thought, Oh my god, something's happened to Neil because she heard the bang and mm. thought, What's happened to Neil? And she went to court and said it wasn't a command. They went, No, she commanded him to Neil. Neil. And she said, No, it was a frightened mother's voice going, Oh no Neil. Mm. But, That's another thing. Anyway, I run out. There was a police, I live facing a park. There was a young policeman walking through the park. So I've come out screaming. Young policeman's come over, running. He come out and he went, it's 12.28, it's a murder. Within about five minutes, there were so many police cars there. And they took me in as what I was. I was a witness to it. Yes, I I saw it was Danny when the second shot was fired, but I was no party to that. So I told them everything that happened, but I never named him. Mm. And they said, look, we can see the blood is all down your back. We're going to need your clothes to send away for forensics. They didn't put me in a white suit. They said, is there somebody that can bring you some clothes? Mm -hmm. So I said, my brother's wife is the same size. So they phoned my brother and said to him, can you bring some clothes for your sister? In the meantime, he went, yes, certainly. In the meantime, they said, we can do these tests on oh. you.
1: Swab tests. To, to, prove, to find out if yeah. you've got you, residue from explosion. Yeah, explosives. so they
2: said, would you like us to do them? So I said, yes, please. Would you like a solicitor? I said, no, I don't need a solicitor. I never did it. Now, had I have said, yes, I do want a solicitor, mm. They couldn't have hidden the tests, but they did. But I thought, well, I don't need a solicitor. I've not done this. So they said, right. They swabbed my face and hands, Hmm. and they put that down. And they said, have you got a clean hanky? So I said, no, I've only got tissues. And one of the policemen put his hand in his pocket, and he went, and he held his hand out like that, and he had a hanky flat on his hand, and there was a blue initial, you know, those Mm, ones with- put your name on it. I don't know what the initial was, but I could see the little blue. Stitching? Yeah. He said, This isn't you, but she can use it. I haven't used it. And they went, You won't get it back. I can remember the conversation perfectly. They went, he went, No, she, she's welcome. So they said, Hold this hand key. So <laughs> I in this hand key. He went, Okay. Went away, came back about five minutes before my brother arrived and said, Really good you've had that. You're totally eliminated. So I said, but I didn't do it. I know. I know that. Anyway, they but said. But they
1: don't think you put the weapon. In. The well, exactly.
2: But they said, right, you're totally eliminated. I done my statement. What happened? I never named him because I thought. What
1: well, would I? Well, no. Also, this is a man that. So the problem is, is you've been having an affair with his best mate. You've also, he's. Publicly humiliated you for years and years and years and others around him and anybody that anything to do with you so it was well known by a lot of people that he was effectively a psychopath yeah. and a control freak yeah? yeah, and a bully, sexual bully.
2: And Brian said to me afterwards, he said when I told him, he went I'll get rid of him Brian, I'll do it I don't know how but I will and it just all fell in place for him So, about three days after I'd done my statement and I'd had these tests done, the head of the murder squad knocked on the door. Why didn't you tell us you were Linda Calvey? I said, I did. I've signed the statement. You didn't tell us you was the Linda Calvey involved with Michael Banks. So I said, what difference does that make? All the difference in the world, you're our suspect. So I said, how can I be your suspect? And also,
1: it, was it known, widely known, that, that Ron had locked the door on Mickey? Did people know that? Was yeah. that in the would the police have known that?
2: Well it came out, there was witnesses who said he was locked out of the car.
1: So this this again makes it more likely for you to be a murder suspect, doesn't it? There's a lot yeah. of evidence pointing against yeah. you. So yeah, but
2: Mickey's was Mickey was a t- different thing to mine, wasn't
1: it? No, no, but but because Ron was responsible for oh, yes, effectively yeah, yeah, uh, I know removing what you mean. the love of your yeah. life. Yeah. It makes you again it puts it, it puts more onus on you yes. to be the person that yeah. would have would have wanted him dead, which you did want him dead by yeah, your own did. admins but you're also admitting that you didn't do it.
2: And I certainly would not have wanted it in my own house.
1: No, no.
2: Certainly wouldn't have wanted to be in my house and have somebody murdered. Certainly wouldn't want that. Yeah. But four days after, they said, oh, we're charging you with the murder. So I said, what? They went, no, you killed him. I said, but you've, you've already... Did we? How did we do that then? I said, with your tests, what you did. Don't know what you're talking about. Nobody else can remember. It was an oversight. We should have done it. Didn't.
1: Was this because of, of who you'd become? and who you were associated yeah, I think with. So. And because of the armed robberies in yeah, the past. Yeah, I think
2: so. I think it just went right back to when Mickey died. And then they probably thought with the robberies. Oh, yeah, she got away with that. She only got seven years. They'd done all that. They took all that for her. So when that happened, they probably thought, yeah, bingo. Did you, at
1: that point, think that you were going to get Found guilty. No, I
2: never thought for one minute I was going to get found guilty. Not one minute. Even my QC, when the jury went out, opened his briefcase and went to me and the champagne. We'd be celebrating. Did he? Nobody. Nobody at all. Even the staff who was with me. Because when you go for trial on a murder trial, you have the same two staff with you every day. If you go up for... Robbery or whatever. You, you might have two staff one day, different two the next day. When it's a murder, they allot two to you. Mm. And the two that was allotted to me went, Linda, you, you definitely didn't do it. You, you're definitely going home.
1: So, so after you he has got a, a bottle of champagne he's going, look, it's there in his briefcase. We're yeah. not, you were walking. You're not going to get found yeah, guilty yeah. for this.
2: But what happened, and I believe this is the turning point and why I did get a guilty... The trial had ended. The jury had gone out. They'd been out a whole day. They come back, they had a question. It wasn't just you, it was also Danny was on trial as well. yeah. Yeah. They come back, they had a question. So the judge went, jury's coming back, they've got a question. (coughs) Well, the question was, if Linda Calvey was where she said she was in the kitchen, would she have seen what she said she saw from the gun? Which I said when the gun got fired, there was this hazy red puff come out with grey, and it was there and then it went.
1: Mm. Flash.
2: Yeah. So I'd said that's what I saw, and that is what I saw. So they said, if Linda Kelvey was where she was, would she have seen what she said? Mm. So they said, well, we can't answer that. We'll have to get a gun expert. And the head of the murder squad stood up and went oh luckily we've got our expert in the building he can answer that and he blatantly lied
1: well he said that you couldn't have seen what you could have yeah. seen had you been in the position and that an hour later they
2: end. come back with a guilty
1: so they pulled the jury back out from deliberation to get that expert
2: yes because the jury had asked that question all oh, right so they said we're getting the gun expert, the police gun expert, who will be coming back, we will ask that question. And as soon as he, he they said to him, "If she, this is the diagram, she was here, this was the there. If she was there, is that what she'd have seen? And he said, no,
1: she wouldn't. But that, 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 that piece of, of evidence. But that was
2: a lie. Uh, he blatantly that, lied. That, that,
1: that statement changed your life.
2: Yes, it did. And I straight away wrote on a say. bit of paper... And sent it across to my QC and said he's blatantly lied. And he sent back on a bit of paper. We all know he has. He's not a witness. We can't cross-examine. And an hour later, they come back with a guilty.
1: So they can't. They could. Why could they not cross-examine him?
2: Because he wasn't. He was not witness. witness. He was a so-called expert. He was an expert just answering the question. But I said straight away. The question
1: would have been asked by the prosecuting counsel, surely. The question must have said to him, could she see this? No, no, because it was asked by the jury.
2: Yes, it was asked by the jury. So when he came in, the judge said, this is the question that the jury have asked for the answer of. Well, obviously they've said to him, well, you can't say yeah. So he said, no, she wouldn't have seen it. And I did.
1: So you found guilty. And I got found guilty. You found guilty. Um, and what sentence were you given? The
2: judge, I mean... I was then expecting this real tirade of abuse from the judge because of what well, I got for the seven years. So I thought, God, I've just been found guilty of murder. And instead, it was horrible. It was really surreal. He put the black he cap He puts on, the black cap on his head. And, but then he put his arms out and he went, I'm sorry. There's nothing I can do. All I can do is refer you in front of this jury to the full court of appeal. He said, "Do you understand what that means?" And I went, "No." And he went, "It means you leave this dock and appellant." And I sentenced seven years. That's all I can do. And I was charged with gangland, which should have started at twenty-four. And then I did the seven years, and then I got eight years added on by Michael Howard.
1: Why? Why did that happen? So you did just you did the full seven years. Yeah. So you went to the court of appeal, and that didn't.
2: I went. To, we went to the Court of Appeal and they said they felt there were concerns but there was no fresh evidence. So without fresh evidence, there was nothing they could do. So
1: still that statement that was made to that jury by the expert, yeah. that was the thing that got you seven years and in turn another eight top up. So and 15. then after
2: that, I still got longer because I, all the years I was in, I said, I never did this, never did it. I will never say I did it. So, how many
1: years did you serve? Eighteen. For the death of a man that was effectively ru- had ruined a lot yeah. of your life. Yeah. Who threatened to kill your son? Yeah. Who had effectively killed Mickey? Yeah. So there was lots of reasons why you'd want that man dead, yeah. but you swear. To I this never did day, it. No. And you, and you actually did extra time on the basis that you didn't yes. do it.
2: Yes. Yeah. I could have come home years ago. If I'd have said I'd done I it. I was even told in prison, Linda, can't you just say it? We can then process you and get you home. What made you, what made you stick to your guns? Because I never did it.
1: Stick your guns is the worst. <laughs> <laughs> what made you stick to your guns? Oh, I didn't do it, Ross. I didn't have a gun. Yes,
2: I didn't do it. No, but I couldn't say it. I had to be true to me.
1: And I could not say that I did it because I didn't. Even though you were, you were, what, okay, you've had a few tough moments in your life. Mm-hmm. This is about people's toughest moments. Was that when you were handed seven or when you got another five on top? When your husband died? What was the toughest moment for you? What's when been the my
2: tough? daughter got married, my only daughter, and she had a huge, big wedding, she put it off for three years. And in the end, I said, don't keep putting it off. You have your wedding. And all my family was there. There was about 200 people. Why wouldn't
1: they release you just to go to the wedding?
2: Well, loads of the staff all said, we'll take Linda. Let her just go to the church. And they said no. Home office said she can't go.
1: Was this during the first seven or after they added five?
2: They added five. Yeah. So that was my worst moment.
1: How did you feel the day of that wedding?
2: I was heartbroken. that my daughter, I mean, when my daughter was born, I suppose all mothers go, oh, you'll be a lovely bride. Mm -hmm. And the day my daughter got married, I didn't even see her. I had to wait for wedding photos to come.
1: And what was that like?
2: It was heartbreaking, really heartbreaking. And that was my worst moment.
1: Of all the things that you've mm. been through, isn't it? It's interesting, isn't it? Not being mm. there. Yeah. At what point did you get the title of the Black Widow?
2: I was given the title of the Black Widow when Mickey was shot dead.
1: Oh, right. By the Some police. T- by the police?
2: Yes. Because when Mickey died,
1: I wore black for
2: six months. And because... Even though Ron
1: was courting you or trying to? trying yeah. to get, He wasn't yeah. courting you, he was yeah. trying to get...
2: I wore black. And I was um, called the Black Widow in the papers. The police called me the Black Widow. And in the beginning, I used to think, do you know what? I don't really like this. It's, not a, it's a bit of a derogatory title. But
1: also because it can mean a widow that wears black, or it can mean a spider not, that kills people. Yeah. yeah.
2: But in the end, since I've started doing my book. You can kill and, a
1: poisonous spider, let's put it that way. I
2: mean, yeah. now I do my book, and I'm doing my new books. Um, and people say, oh, will you sign my book for me? I go, yeah. And I put Best Wishes, Linda Calvey, and I draw a little spider. Mm. And I think, you know tongue in cheek, I don't take myself too seriously, so I can laugh at it.
1: Yeah. Um, what was prison like? All those years, all those different prisons. How many times did you get moved? You got to know Holloway quite well.
2: I think I've been in every female prison going.
1: Um, I've never, well, I've been very briefly for like three (laughs) hours in Holloway once. (laughs) I won't go into details on why I was in there Uh, or how well I was received, which I have to say was very well. Um, But what's a female prison like? It's different, isn't it? Women yeah. are different to men. Yeah. Whatever, whatever way you put that. They're That's tough. Not men. That's not being sexist. No, all prisons are, are tough. tough. But, yeah, they're but all what tough. People say, a lot of, I tell you, a lot of warders I know, male ones, don't like working in female prisons. No,
2: because women always hold grudges. If a man has an, a row with a man, nine times out of ten, it get resolved, they go, all right, shape my hand. Forget For a peaceful it. life. Yeah, we're all in here together. You crack on your life and I'll crack on with mine. Mm. Women don't. Women don't. They plot and plan. What's the next thing they're going to do? Really? And there's a hell of a lot of bullying in women's prisons. A hell of a lot. Especially with the youngsters. Yeah. And there's loads of drugs, as there is in men's. Mm. And that is awful.
1: Did you see that happen? I mean, you grew up in an East End where there weren't any drugs. No. No.
2: Well, now the whole country flooded with the things. How so. naive was I when I went to prison? I always presumed everybody had a mum and a dad and a normal life. Mm. And it, the harsh reality, you know, from going into prisons, okay. that's not the reality. Mm. The people in prisons have come from broken homes.
1: Abusive. Abusive. Parents, they, they've got parents. Yeah.
2: Yeah. They, they they are care.
1: A lot of people from care yeah. go straight into
2: Whereas this. I just couldn't believe it when I was oh yeah, my mum and my dad they went oh,
1: Did you live with your mum and dad? Said, yeah, of course I did. And it was mm. like God. It it was so sad. How how were you treated by, by by the prisoners? I mean
2: Well the funny thing was I suppose the nickname I was given probably carried me in good stead. Because when did I want to mess with
1: you, Linda. Because no, about, and it's not
2: because I'm, I'm this big tough girl that can fight because I don't fight and whatever. But I think my reputation preceded me and for a change it did me good that my reputation mm. did because when I went into Holloway and the day I got the seven years, this, the warden that came up stood next to me in the box. When he said seven years, she went, fucking hell. That's the biggest sentence in the prison. Because going back in those days, people didn't get big sentences. So seven years, I had the biggest sentence in Holloway. And when we went downstairs, the office crew was sitting knitting, and she went, she's just got seven years. And she went, What well, you know, how's she going to do that? Mm. I said, I'll do it because I did the crime. Don't mm. want to do it.
1: But that's your first crime. That was my first crime. one. Well, you, bump, you bumped into Myra Hindley. You say that you weren't. Physical, you said that you weren't, but you gave her a slap, didn't
2: you? Yeah, I just saw red. I mean, I think I was put in the uh, – this was in Cookham. Mm. I'd been away over a year. I'd worked my way from Holloway to go to Cookham. And when I got there, they said – This is on your first sentence? On my first sentence. But you
1: were about to meet her again on your second sentence Yes, well. twice. So you, so you see her?
2: Yeah, so they said, me, well, we're giving you the job as a librarian. So I said, but I don't read. I read newspapers, I don't read books. Well, you're getting the job as a librarian because you look like you could be a librarian. (laughs) So I got the job and right next door to the library was the laundry where Myra worked on her own. And there was black and yellow tape across. Don't cross this line, you get put on report. Blum, what blub. if you
1: associate with
2: her, Well, if you even step across the line, because that was a bit where she was at her little sanctuary. And the screw come in and said, you can take your washing in if you want before all the factory comes out so you can get your washing put in first. So I walked in and she was getting laundry out and she was singing to a song. And I just saw Red and just walked up and thought, how can you sing when you've killed those children? I just walked up and slapped her and she looked at me and rubbed her face. I went to me, I could get you put back in Holloway for that. And I went, Holloway doesn't hold any fears for me. And I just walked back into the library and thought, oh, bloody Mm. hell, I'm going to end up back in Holloway now. She didn't say anything. The next day they came in, one staff, and went, Myra, I her coffee in here, a coffee break. So whether she'd said anything or not, but she came and she went, so you do know she comes in here. I said, Well if she comes in here she comes in here, doesn't she? And that was it. And that incident went by. But well, that was the first time I ever saw her.
1: Wasn't the last time though.
2: No. I was in two other prisons after that. <laughs> Durham mm. and also Newall when she was dying.
1: There was some Durham was um a prison for some pretty awful, awful people. Yeah. I mean, yeah. A lot of sex offenders, a lot of paedophiles, yeah. I never knew Murderers.
2: women were paedophiles until I went to prison either. I think I must have been really naive. Did
1: you find it difficult because of, of where you'd come from having to associate? I, I think it was the governor at Durham that says, don't judge people by the crime, yeah, judge them by the way that you, you find I was that-
2: so angry that they said to me, I had to go there. I said, yeah. I don't want to go there with all them nonsense. And when I got there, I saw the governor, who was lovely, Mr. Smith and I'm ranting and raving. I don't want to be here. I shouldn't be here with all these people. Yeah. And he said, look, unfortunately, you are here and you're going to be here for quite a while. All I can do is give you the advice I gave myself. Switch off from what these people are in for and just take them on face value mm. because otherwise you won't talk to a soul in here. Mm. And that is what you had to do unfortunately.
1: You said bullying was right. Did anyone ever try and bully you? No, never. I wouldn't. <laughs> no, no. Nobody ever tried But, you, saw to it, you, but you stepped in a couple of times. I mean, yeah. I, with Rose West. I mean, West. I hate Rose it. West wanted some, uh, what was it, some elephants made and the girls had filled it with needles. Well, she'd,
2: this was in Durham and she'd had two um, fluffy elephants made in the workshop for two babies, two, I don't know if they were her grandchildren, I think and the girls had put pins in them mm-hmm. and when I went to, in to pick them up they went oh don't squeeze them too hardly and I went why they went they've got loads of pins in I went you can't do that they're for babies and they went mm, like this I said "Done that." I'll go and, I went in and see the lady who ran the workshop and I said I think these have got to be restuffed <sighs> and she went oh I should have guessed I should have stuffed them myself so they got restuffed and it not
1: the out. children's fault, was it? No, it's not. Well, what would you, I mean, I mean, I've, I had to stop reading some of the stuff that, that her and her husband got up to. Um, yeah. How did you feel, How did you feel being in her company? Well,
2: I think she's mad. I think she is absolutely just a mad person. Where Mara, I think, was an evil person, and she had a an aura around her of like a sinister aura. Rose, I think, was just as nutty as a fruitcake. Mm. But still um, hurt a lot
1: of
0: people.
2: Oh man. God, yeah. I mean she had awful. to be mad to do what she did with mm. her own children. But the very different
1: But any at this point you could have put your hands up and said, even though you didn't do it, I did this. I, I could have come now, I could have gone I home could,
2: years ago, years before. And I said, Look, one thing I'm not is stupid. I'm not stupid. I'm quite an intelligent person Mm. if I'm still sitting here saying I didn't do it knowing that I'm not going to go home don't you think somebody ought to sit and look and go do you know what maybe there's something in it and it was only I don't know who changed the rules whether it was the prison service the home office the government whoever they changed it that you didn't have to say you committed the crime to go home and that is the only reason that I did get set free
1: and eventually you met someone with a red Rolls-Royce?
2: I did. <laughs> Bless him. And yeah, I met him in a restaurant. Well, you were still on release, weren't I was, day release, I was day release going out. I was in the open prison and you could go out every Sunday. And at that time you had to be collected. You couldn't just go off. Mm. So I usually, one of my family used to come and get me or whatever. But this week gone to a restaurant with some of my friends and we were waiting for a table and he was with his friend waiting for a table and we started chatting. And I don't know, I got so chatty, but he said to me, Oh, blah, 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 are you married? I said, No, um I've been um divorced and of uh, my first husband died and my second husband I divorced yeah your second
1: husband we should admit is it was Danny wasn't he you yeah got but mar- why
2: I don't know why why did you marry
1: Danny God you knows. never even you never even know. knew him probably no I didn't and he shot, he shot is it because he shot Ron I don't know I don't know why I did so Danny's in a prison miles away from yeah. miles away from you you're in a prison miles away from him yeah and you decide to get married and also you've turned down Reggie Cray, yeah. who's also asked you to marry yeah. you, and Mr. Bronson, yeah, Charles Bronson.
0: Bronson, yeah, bless him.
1: Did he actually not kidnap a governor and some staff just so he could uh, have a phone conversation with you?
0: Yeah,
1: and said and I'm they called
2: me in, in Holloway and said, Linda, tell him you don't want hostage to die.
1: <laughs> Sorry, can I just ask this, Linda? Yeah. Just on a basis, we've, we've been talking about how intelligent you are you've made some very interesting decisions when it comes to men, may I say.
2: Yeah, it wasn't intelligent there, was that
1: <laughs> Um but 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 Danny you you said yes to. I mean right Rob- And then
2: we both said, what on earth? Why have we done this? And I said to the girls, No, we're not gonna get married and they was all upset and went, Please get married. It's the most exciting thing anything any of us have ever had for years. So we married to keep the girls happy in Durham. I mean, what a mad reason to get married! And then you got divorced. From and him. then got divorced.
1: And and also, uh, just to clear this up, Ron's dead. Brian was doing a very long sentence. You mm-hmm. sort of stopped contact with him.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, he sort of dropped off the radar. Mm-hmm. Then you marry. Da- oh, Danny. Danny, yeah. yeah. Then you divorce Danny. Yeah. Then you go on day release and then you meet George. George. And George, one of the things you say to him is, I can't go out with you yeah. he if, said, you're, I, if you're
2: he a cro- said, oh, I, He said, I'm divorced. Could I take you out? I said, yes, but you can take me out next Sunday. So what about in the week? I said, no, I, only, I can only go out on Sundays. And he said, why is that? I said, because I'm in prison. And he laughed and said, no, why can't you really go out? I said, because I'm in prison. And he said well, how are you out then if you're in prison? And I said, no, I'm in open prison and I can go out on a Sunday. So he said, well, can I take you out next Sunday? So I said, yes. And I told him where the prison was and what time. And he said, great, really looking forward to it. Now, East Sutton Park is a manor and all the girls can look out and you can see everybody turning up at the gate to It's no gates round. You pull up the drive and you park and you just come and knock on the door and say, I've come to collect whoever. And everybody had gone and I was still standing there and I thought, oh, he's changed his mind. I feel really embarrassed. So I said to one of the girls, I'm going upstairs. If anyone pulls up, will you call me? And I'd been upstairs about five minutes and she shouted out, has he got a red roller. (laughs) And I went... What? And when I come down the stairs he was outside the car going Waving And, you
1: and like? he owned it.
2: And he owned it. it was his. <laughs> and it was his. And I told him the story. Did you find it
1: hard to actually work out that he actually got that by legitimate means? I, know. I mean he was the first guy to put bleach she into looked, plastic balls, wasn't yeah, he? Is that right? Yeah. And he fell in love with you.
2: Yeah. And like I so said many to, have. And I said to him, Do you know what? You're not going to believe this. When I was 10, blah, 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 blah. I said, and I've had so many cars. I've had Mercedes and Porsche and whatever, but I never had a Rolls-Royce. He said, well, you've got one now, and it's the red one. And that was was it. And then I married George. And then he died. He died of cancer.
1: So when you look back now, Linda. Yes. From that first moment when you looked into Mickey's eyes, maybe. All those highs all those parties, getting the money out, shaking it on the bed, on the table. Yeah. But then all those lows and not seeing your kids, Mm -hmm. seeing the man that bullied you, shot in front of you, all the things that you've seen, all those people that you've met, all those years. And we know all the money in the world can't buy you time. No. When you look back on it, does crime pay?
2: No, it doesn't pay. But you can't regret either. Because to regret... is is a pointless thing that just eats you up.
1: And when you look on it... And
2: I look back and think, if I could change my life, how far back would I go to change it? And I can't go back past having my son and daughter because they're my world. Mm. So if I can't go past there, then I start with Mickey again. Mm. So I would, yes, I would have to go through life. So would you the live the same, life,
1: the same life that you've lived?
2: Not if I could turn back, no. If I could have my children and a totally different life. Yeah. But we can't change anything. The world doesn't work like that. No. So now I just hope that from now I can, from a, a big, big negative, I've now got a positive where I have now got a new career mm. and I am on my new books. mm And hopefully things will really flourish and turn around for me.
1: I hope they do. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Kempcast. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate and review. You can find me on Twitter at Ross Kemp and on Instagram at Ross Kemp TV. This has been a freshwater and the Chance of Collective production. Thanks to the team, and one fine play. And until the next episode, goodbye.
3: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer.